Welcome to Booksmart, a podcast where we read and share books that have a positive influence on our daily lives. Whether it's self-improvement, success, or something fun, we're here to help you read your way to a better you. I'm Em. And I'm Melissa. And this week, we're discussing our personal notes on The Power of Moments, Why Certain Experiences Have Extraordinary Impact, by Chip Heath and Dan Heath. As we talked about in episode 10, in The Power of Moments, the New York Times best-selling sibling duo Chip and Dan Heath explore why certain brief experiences can jolt us and elevate us and change us, and how we can learn to create such extraordinary moments in our life and work by creating defining moments of elevation, insight, pride, and connection. In this episode, Em and I are going to talk about how we've begun thinking about the most memorable moments of our own lives differently and started creating more meaningful and defining moments for ourselves and others. Plus, we'll revisit episodes six and seven on Finish, Give Yourself the Gift of Done, to find out if one listener was motivated by John Acuff's advice to get to the finish line of a big deadline. So Em, what did you think of this book? I thought this book was charming. I mentioned last episode that I read this on vacation, and that is a great time to think about reflecting on your life because things are shiny and not high pressure-y when you're on vacation. So it was nice to think back on the defining moments that I've had, and it was also nice to think about from a time of sort of less daily stress what I might want to do more of going forward. I definitely have a couple key areas, I think, that I'm going to focus on. How about you? What did you think of this book? My biggest aha generally was the light bulb that I have to create moments for myself. Yeah. Like, I think that was the biggest thing is that there are so many, especially like pre-age 30 moments. The mm-hmm. book itself mentions that between 15 and 30 is when yeah. most of these milestones take place. Yeah. Turning 18, turning 21, getting your first job, yeah. getting married, having kids. Like, a lot of yeah. that stuff happens in a small amount of time. Right. And I think because of that, we're never really – taught how to create moments for ourselves yeah. because that's been a bit prescribed. Now, don't get me wrong. You don't have to do any of those between 15 and 30 other than turning 18 and 21. (laughs) It's kind of (laughs) non-optional. But beyond that, there are so many other ways you could create moments. Mm -hmm. And so my takeaway was I can make moments. You saying that made me just realize too that just because there are these prescribed moments – And you and I have not gotten married or had children. So just because we haven't had certain defining moments doesn't mean that we are doomed to just wait around until those things eventually happen to us. There are plenty of opportunities to create big moments for ourselves and acknowledge where we are in life and our growth along the way. It doesn't have to be about those things that everybody has decided are defining moments. I don't have to wait around for 40 to be my next big moment. I don't have to make that its own crazy high pressure thing. I get to create fun, important moments for myself anytime. Yeah. And I think part of this too is I always try to be very present Mm -hmm. and I'm always trying to just make sure I'm in the moment and not living and dwelling in the past, which I think I'm fairly good about. But I also, I think, have a tendency to live in the future yeah, and to imagine a life when I have, you know, X thing figured out or Y mm-hmm. thing going for me. And I think something about this book that I found very inspiring is that I can create moments now. within the next month. Like yeah. I could do it now. Mm-hmm. There's nothing stopping me from finding something to make into a defining moment. Yeah, And I found that to be really empowering. And kind of on the other end, I don't want to be – 70 
and yeah. think that all of my best days are behind me. Right. And I don't think it's anyone's fault that this cluster of age 15 to 30 milestones mm-hmm. has come up. I think probably what's happening is that that's a time when our parents are still involved in our lives. Yeah. And so they have probably supported mm. our growing up and yeah. they've helped create those moments. Right. So I think there becomes maybe a transition where after that we maybe have a family of our own for many people. Mm-hmm. And I think this is totally my own hypothesis mm-hmm. that that's why a lot is packed in before hmm. 30 because you are not the only one focusing on your life. <laughs> and then after that. And then after that, you start focusing on somebody else's in a lot of cases. Right, yeah. Again, this is not like everyone has to have kids before 30. Nobody sure, loves yeah. you after 30. Like, that's, <laughs> You're on your that's, own after that's 30. That's not what I'm saying. But yeah. especially between, you know, before the age of 18, most right. people are living in their parents' house. Yeah. And so somebody is helping create those moments. Or even there's so much structure yeah. in going to school and having just a framework. Yeah. And after you get your first job, let's say between 18 and 22 Mm -hmm. and beyond, life is no longer marked by semesters. Right. I remember back in college, I was in a sorority and we would have events. And there were just even within college, there were end of semester things and after finals events and Mm -hmm. summer celebrations. There's just so much more to mark the passing of time. Mm -hmm. And it creates a natural ongoing frequency of moments Mm. in a way that I don't know if we have that as adults. Yeah, I don't think we do. You just have work and then you oh have more God. work. Right. And and I think we sit around waiting for those big moments to hit, whereas we can focus more on the everyday. That was something you had just mentioned and something that was really important to me in this book also is that I don't need to wait until something crazy happens like I get married. I want to have lots of little defining moments And I want to be present to my everyday and think about where those could happen for me or where I could create one for somebody else. Just like it doesn't have to be a huge lightning bolt, but it could be something small and important that is just something tiny. Like one example is that somebody used the phrase endings should elevate. Mm. And so I thought, okay, in the course of working with clients, like we typically, you know, for a website might be like eight to 12 weeks or or more. And so there's several months when I'm working really closely with somebody, like really getting to know them and their business and their goals. And a lot of times we're talking about fairly personal and big stuff. And then there's a point at which we're done and we aren't really talking anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. So it feels like there's a relationship that runs its course. And of course, we've also created this product, which is their website. And it's a big deal. And So somebody had said, thinking about endings that elevate as they relate to work projects, and that idea has stuck with me, but I didn't do much about it other than I have started to acknowledge our accomplishments when I'm having that conclusion with the client. It's usually by phone. It's rarely in person. So just last month, I finished a really huge project, and I got to meet a client in person, which was rare. And I, we were sitting there, and I said, hey, before we get started with you know the training, so I show her how to use Squarespace, I said, let's just acknowledge what a huge accomplishment this was. It's your very first website. Your business has already started to grow as a result of it being out there on the internet. Like you should high five yourself for making this investment for in your business. You should we should high five each other for <laughs> creating this together. And it just was a tiny moment, but to me it felt really good and it felt better than just getting down to business as usual, like our agenda for that meeting. What's fascinating to me is that it's clearly a moment for both of you, Yeah. but while you have an ending, 
for your client, it's probably more of a transition. Yeah, it's a beginning too. It's a beginning. And so having something to mark that moment, both logistically, like the prep, the training, but also just acknowledging it or having just a moment together, I think is a really great idea. Yeah. I want to do more with that though. Like one of the things that I thought about as far as, like I think pride is an easy one there and connection sort of an easy one too, because we've you know, they've instilled a lot of trust in me over the course of a project. But one of the things I might want to start doing is incorporating insight. So usually my clients have learned a good deal about how they want to represent themselves. And I might want to recap that for them in some way. Like maybe it's just that writing them a thank you note, like a physical thank you note and saying like how much I respect what their goals were or that they're putting this cool thing out into the world and just something like that. I Clearly it's not fleshed out in my brain yet, but there might be something there that I might want to create insight for them. I think that's a great idea. I don't know. <laughs> well, you can keep us posted in yeah. a few weeks and yeah. let us know how it goes. Yeah. I can give an example of something that mm-hmm. I did in a recent project. It was actually about a year ago. Okay. But at my company, I had kind of noticed that people were talking about a desire to collaborate more with different teams. Mm. At the time, we were maybe like 50 employees. Mm -hmm. So we were a nice size where you kind of knew everyone's name but didn't necessarily talk with everyone very often. We're a tech company. I work for a company called Teachable. And what I did was I pitched an event that would be sort of like a hackathon. But Mm. for those who haven't heard the term, that's more of a tech term about getting together and like coding into all hours of the night. And I wanted to make it more accessible. So – I created something called Teachathon, hmm. and it was a week-long event where people could start off. We had a pitch day. Anyone could pitch. They had two minutes to do it. They all made slides, and their goal was to get people who wanted to be on their team. Wow. And then I had people vote for what team they wanted mm-hmm. to be on, and I assigned all the teams. And then they had time to work together. And then at the end, we had an event that we called Demo Day where everyone got to share their projects. And they had to be in different categories about either improving the company, how we work together, improving our experience for our customers, or just thinking of new ways that we could market and help new customers find us. So we called it like hack the company, hack the bottom line, or hack the product. And by doing that, it made it more inclusive. And people loved it. Like This is one of the top experiences Mm -hmm. of 2018 at Teachable. And we sent out a survey afterwards. I got like a 4.7 out of five-star review. Nice. And I think that moment was really elevated. It was very different from what we had done before. Mm-hmm. And it took people out of their normal day-to-day work yeah. and got them working on a different project with different people. Yeah. And there was also a real element of connection because yeah. they got the chance to work with other people. Yeah. And at the end, there was a feeling of pride and accomplishment. Yeah. So I certainly didn't think about this book a year ago. I hadn't read it yet. But now looking back, I can see why it was so highly rated. And I have to credit, I have experience producing events. So it wasn't my first rodeo. But (laughs) now I can see and appreciate through a new lens the specific elements that made it really a defining moment for a lot of people at the company. Yeah. I can imagine there were a ton of moments of insight that Mm -hmm. arose as a result. Like talk about a home run. You're just knocking them all out of the park. (laughs) That's true. And I I did a little article write up. If people want to read it, we can link to it in the show notes. But we had a lot of ideas come out of it that have now been implemented in our business. 
Nice. So not only was it good for us as humans, but it was also yeah. good for the company. Yeah. And it I, was fun. Like, yeah. I don't want to downplay the fact that this was meant to be a fun experience. We had yeah. daily snacks. You got to work with people. Yeah. I called it hacky hour <laughs> at five o'clock when the snacks appeared. <laughs> well, somebody gave me too much power, but it was really enjoyable. We like celebrated afterwards. That was the other thing. I was yeah. really intent on marking this mm. as a celebration. And so... We celebrated, we got drinks together afterwards, and we also did kind of a closing ceremonies the following Monday after we tallied the votes and we gave out prizes in the different categories and we gave out superlatives and people got mugs as winning prizes. This is an extravaganza. Uh, Yeah, it was, I really enjoyed it and I enjoyed it because everyone was having a good experience. Yeah. And I got to be creative, which I really like. Yeah. That's a really cool example of like all of those elements at play, but also how these are intuitive as well. Like you hadn't read this book. You didn't know what the prescription was for creating defining moments, but yet you did on so many levels. And we can probably all think about something that's coming up in our lives or something that already happened that we could have just like turned up the volume, boosted the sensory appeal or increased some element, raised the stakes or broken a script somewhere to make the event or whatever it was, just like a bit more heightened. Yeah. I think it probably comes really naturally to our brains if we just stop and think. Yeah. And nobody asked me to do that particular event. Mm. I was just kind of listening around. But if you're imagining this book from a professional capacity, the first day of work is a big one that's often overlooked. Or even now, like 30, 60, 90 days in, imagine if you celebrated somebody hitting their three-month mark and you just Mm -hmm. had a little team happy hour after work. It doesn't have to be a huge effort. And it doesn't have to be expensive, but it can feel really, really meaningful to somebody. Yeah. We sort of look not down, but we laugh at teenagers when they celebrate like their one week anniversary or their <laughs> one month or two month or three month anniversaries with each other. But that's a really nice thing to keep track of. Like yeah. here they are. Yeah. Marking time in a really lovely way. And that might be just like a, a simple thing to do in our relationships. Bring yeah. that back. Another thing that the book mentions is that a lot of us have treasure chests yeah. that mark yeah. A lot of these different elements and a lot of these different defining moments. So one example that I do is that I have a handful of concert t-shirts mm. from concerts that I've been to yeah. because usually those are elevated moments yeah. and often the shirt reminds me of who I went with mm. as much as it reminds me of a connection that maybe I feel to the artist or the music yeah. or even like the place and time. It's certainly an elevated experience. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it a moment of insight, right. nor would I really call it an accomplishment which I'm pointing out just because it doesn't have to hit all four. But it's certainly elevated, and I certainly feel connected to a big group. Yeah. The treasure chest idea was one that I took away too, thinking, what could I be doing more with my treasure chest? I tend to collect letters. So Mm -hmm. um, like notes from friends or like notes from boyfriends, things like that. I have like a box of letters. And a couple months ago, again, I hadn't read the book yet, but I was going through them, organizing them, thinking – how can I sort of surface these in my life so that I see them more often? Because those moments of connection are, they were really important in my past. And just because I have them in a box doesn't mean that I necessarily want to let go of those feelings. Like I want to be able to access those sparks of connection a little bit more. So one of the things I'm thinking about is making like a huge, not photo album, but like almost scrapbook style album out of all of these letters. I 
it's a lot. So <laughs> I don't know how practical that's going to be, but that's one thing I've been thinking about doing with that treasure treasure chest of mine. I love that idea to make it more visible. Yeah, so I could life. page through it. Yeah, like having a down day, you just open it up to one page and see what my you know friend wrote to me when I was 16. Like these go back quite some time. Wow. Yeah. That's also TBD for me. I I have a lot of potential defining moments that I'm still workshopping. What do you mean potential? Because I also have this like endings that elevate with clients, thinking about mm -hmm. how I want to keep evolving that idea and sort of doing more there. I have this treasure chest. I'm not sure what I'm not sure what I'm gonna do with that yet, but it's it's simmering. So Emma, I know you had some other moments of connection you wanted to chat about. Yeah. So also related to this vacation I went on a couple of weeks ago to Barcelona. There were some really surprising moments of connection I had on that vacation, not necessarily with my friend who came to visit me, although that was like just a huge peak and a moment of connection. But in thinking about how we need to invest in these moments and really seize them, I have started to look more consciously for moments that might otherwise just slip by and to grab them. For example, the flight that I was taking to Barcelona got majorly delayed, like full 24-hour delay. Oof. Yes. <laughs> um, so as you can imagine, there's like a pack of people getting – we actually were on the plane. We had to get off the plane. Like it was a whole thing. So there's a pack of people sitting on the plane, like waiting to take off. It's not happening. And then we're all having to get off the plane. And then we're all trudging to the service counter to find uh -huh. out what's going to happen to us. That and then terrible. we're all waiting in line at the service counter. Then we're all waiting in line to get the shuttle to the hotel because because we're going to have to stay for the whole day in a hotel to – get on hopefully a flight that night. So there were lots of times over those 24 hours where we were with the same people and it was easy to see how I could have shut down and just put in my earbuds and listen to whatever podcast or music or Netflix show I had downloaded on my phone and just insulated myself to get through it. But instead... I really tried not to do that, and I ended up talking with several people like throughout the whole next day, just like on the shuttle or waiting in line, and later at the airport that night, there were these two college students that I ended up meeting and talking with throughout a lot of the journey, and we had the kind of conversations where I'm not used to having them with strangers. Like We talked pretty personally about relationships and goals, and like it wasn't all serious, but a lot of it was much deeper than I'm used to talking about with just some random, you know, guys that I meet in line. And that experience really made me see the world in a different way and think about the opportunities that I could be passing up to connect with strangers and just in my day-to-day -day life by putting my head down and going about my business. Like it really is a shining moment in my whole vacation experience is being trapped at the airport for 24 hours, but then having this really great conversation with these two kids. Hmm. And getting trapped, that should be such a pit. Yeah. But you managed to fill it and turn it into yeah. a peak to use the language from the book. Yeah. And what's striking is that you clearly had this moment of insight, like you tripped over this truth mm -hmm. of, wow, I could do this way more. Yeah. But even in the moment, you had a moment with these two 
college students of connection. Yeah. And in the book, it talks about like this reciprocity. And if you're willing yeah. to be open with somebody and then they're willing to be open yeah. with you in return, you can feel a real closeness. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's easier with strangers, especially mm. if you won't see them again, because mm. there's no like table stakes. There's almost yeah. no risk in sharing in a mm. way that with close friends and family, it can feel harder at mm. times, I think. But yeah. Think about how many people I must pass in New York every yeah. single day. Yeah. Certainly I wouldn't stop them on their commute, but I often wonder, like, should I be trying to initiate more conversations? Yeah. Even just standing in line at the grocery store, like, I think for me, I tend to not actually open up to strangers more than I would to people I'm close to. So for me, it's really needs to be about intentionally opening myself up and even just saying to somebody like, hey, how's your day going? Like just making a connection with somebody that you would ordinarily just look past. I think that's very inspiring. Thank you. Another thing, this also I think is somewhat related as well to moments of connection because it's me and my relationship with people, but moments of pride and how it's so easy to create those for others was something that really stuck out to me. And we'll be reading the five love languages coming up and words of affirmation are big for me. And so they come really naturally to me to give away freely. And I realized that I could be using this talent I already have for praising others <laughs> and just do it a little bit more intentionally. For example, a friend of mine made this like really important connection for me recently. And I just sent her like a thank you text and said, you're so talented at bringing people together and making meaningful connections. Thank you. And it's like, I might have sent that text otherwise and just said, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this. Thanks for thinking of me. But I really wanted to recognize what her skill was. And so I just took an extra second and used my, you know, words of affirmation love languages to say what I was really thinking and what I wanted her to just like take a moment of pride in for herself. And that took you almost no time at all. Right. Yeah. That's an interesting takeaway too in this book is it's easy to imagine how do I create moments for myself. Yeah. And I think that's important, especially mm -hmm. for milestones or transitions. I do think it's important for us to think about what we could do to mark those yeah. moments. But you can also imagine what could you do to help somebody else? Yeah. How can you acknowledge them and give them a small feeling of pride? Or what could you do to help them encourage connections, not even yeah. to you, but to other people? If yeah. you're a manager, a teacher, if you have any kind of role where you're dealing with a team or a group of people, you have a lot of autonomy to create this kind of experience yeah. for other people. So I guess I would challenge listeners to not only think of what could you do to create a personal moment, but remember that every moment could impact somebody else as well. Mm, yeah, it's so true. Oh, I think that's a great thing to end on. Actually, before we go, this week we are sharing a listener update from Dara, who wrote to us after listening to episodes six and seven on Finish, Give Yourself the Gift of Done by John Acuff. Yes, I love this one. Dara wrote to us and said, hello, your podcast has had a positive effects on my life. Yes. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. I really liked hearing about the concept of choosing what to bomb. I was already doing that, but putting a fun label to it has made it even easier to bomb more things. Mm -hmm. I've been under intense deadline stress for the last few days, and I feel like I've been getting a little sick, and I had a ticket to go to Creative Mornings this morning. 
I love going and meeting new people and seeing people I know and hearing a good lecture. For context, this is a free event, but there's always a wait list. So if you give your ticket up, it's instantly given to the next person on the wait list. So giving up your ticket usually comes with FOMO dread and knowing that you can't change your mind. But I decided, no, I am going to choose to bomb this so I can get proper sleep and not get sick and kick the deadline's ass. And it felt better than before that I had a cute phrase for it. That is the big difference. Thinking, oh my gosh, I can't do it all, I suck, versus making that empowered choice to bomb something. I had never thought about that specific part of the book, just the fact that you give it a name. Yeah. But I've read about this in other books where just naming something is really powerful. Mm -hmm. And in this case, giving it, quote, a cute phrase, (laughs) like bombing something, I love that that made her feel empowered to do it more often. Yeah. It, I think something about naming it, giving it something, you know, that sticks in your brain, making it sticky, makes you actually remember to do it. I still think all the time, I'm bombing this, it's fine. <laughs> like just having that word makes it easier to remember that it's what I'm doing, remember that it's in fulfillment of a larger goal. Like it just knowing that it's got a name helps me keep doing it. Totally. Not only does it help you recall it, like, yeah. oh, I have the option to bomb right. something. I think it also validates it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a choice. This is a real thing I could be doing. Yeah. And we can talk about this concept more from uh, the gift of John. Bombing is when you choose to not do something in favor of doing something that you've decided is higher priority. Yeah. But you can also name anything. Yeah. Like that was kind of a fun takeaway I had from this is if you feel like there's something you've done a couple times, yeah. maybe give it a fun name. Yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Maybe even like you could name part of your morning routine or your evening routine, Mm -hmm. or you could find fun ways to name things in your life if that is helpful for you. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. But also everyone should continue to adopt choosing what to bomb. Yeah. That's the name of the concept. Yeah. I know I have continued to use this and Dara actually did this really well where she skipped a particular week. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're never going ever again. Yeah. So as a reminder, you could just say, you know, maybe this month I'm not going to focus on something. Maybe this month. I don't have time to work out five times a week and I'm still going to maintain a little bit of it, but I know I'm too busy and that's okay. Yeah. I also love that she made a spur of the moment decision to bomb something. So in the book, it talks about you have this big goal. So think in advance, plan in advance for what you're going to bomb and for how long, but it's also really critical at key moments. Like Dara found out she's got this deadline. She's feeling sick. She literally cannot do it all and better not to get sick. So knowing that you're not just bailing on something that it you can choose, this is going to be a tiny bomb. It might not happen next week or tomorrow, but right now in this moment, she's going to bomb it. It's a big part of, useful. A big part of this concept that I think is great is just giving yourself permission. Yeah. And you're not really saying, I'm never doing this. Yeah. You're choosing to do something else. Yeah. So she was just choosing her health. Yeah. And I think that that's a great choice to make. Yeah. And she hit the deadline. So yay, Dara. Yeah. Woohoo. Congrats. <laughs> Hopefully this can inspire some other listeners to choose what else they want to bomb. And if you did want to learn more about the concept, you can tune into episodes six and seven on Finish to learn more. Thanks for joining us this week. To view the complete show notes and learn more about the power of moments, visit booksmartpodcast.com slash 11. Once you've read the book, we'd love to hear about it. Share your experience from the power of moments or any of our previous books by emailing us at hello at booksmartpodcast.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 929-515-BOOK. That's 929-515-BOOK or 2665. And who knows, maybe you'll be featured on a future episode. 
You can also follow us on Instagram. We post our favorite tips and tricks from different books, including books that don't make it onto the podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. Follow us at Booksmart Podcast. Thanks again for joining us on this week's episode of Booksmart. Until next time, happy reading.